All of us know how important it is to put good things in our bodies to help us stay strong. That desire was the inspiration for a line of wellness teas from Bigelow called Bigelow Benefits. Bigelow Benefits teas fuel your body with good-for-you ingredients like lemon and echinacea to help you stay well, rose and mint to relieve stress, and for a good night's sleep, chamomile and lavender. Bigelow Benefits, redefining wellness every day. Available at your local grocer on Amazon or at BigelowTea.com. Bigelow Tea, grab a mug and tea proudly. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Cleaning Eating Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun, and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy. If you read my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex, which again, clean and dirty, play on words. It's a memoir, cookbook, and healthy lifestyle guide. In the memoir, I talk a little bit about my experiences with casual sex. And for me, it was out of wanting to feel loved and needed. And it was not a healthy thing. But there are ways to have casual sex on your terms, in a healthy way. And joining us now is the wonderful Leah Holmgren. Her book, Hook Up Without Heartbreak, How to Feel Empowered After Casual Sex. Leah has been an intimacy and relationship coach for more than a decade, guiding her clients through modern challenges and exploring the many roles of power and fantasy. Known for her empathetic nature and direct style, Leah empowers her clients to feel safe in celebrating their authentic sexuality. Leah holds an MS in negotiation and conflict resolution from Columbia University and a BS in biopsychology from Toro University. She is a certified wellness coach and life coach, as well as a certified hypnotist. Leah has been featured by numerous media outlets, including NBC Universal, New York Post, Huffington Post, Men's Health, Curtis and Cozy Show, and more. Leah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to have you on. Yes, yes. For those of you who've read my book, Cleaning and Dirty Sex, you know that I open up and I'm very candid. And one of the things I love, Leah, about your book is how candid you are as well. I want to talk a little bit about Amber. We meet her in the introduction and you talk about, you know, how Amber gets attached and you write, quote, Amber's story illustrates a common problem in the queendom. I love that, by the way, the queendom. (laughs) No matter how many sexual partners we've had, how experienced we are, or how sure we are that it will just be a casual encounter, we often get attached. And and talk to us about those reasons. You talk about the nature and nurture. Yeah, that's the issue. Like a lot of women, including me in the past, I wanted to have fun. And then I would just get a touch when sex was really good. I would um, not be able to stop thinking about this guy. And he was wasting so much of my time. And um, look, it's nice to be in love if it's from both sides and it makes sense. I'm all in for having a beautiful romance. But if you're attached to someone that rationally you can never date but you still are like on drugs almost that's what um was often annoying and that's why i wrote the book so i think that yeah you know it's tough for women because we have the evolution was such that we uh, wanted to have men or male species around to protect us to help us to raise the offspring and um, we would not survive without them because back then you know predators everywhere and you would have to carry baby on your back and then 
try to find food it's impossible so but you know people used to live in communities there was usually many women and a couple of guys a couple of male species they were protecting the women and the babies so we were never really monogamous it all started in the agriculture time when men basically imposed this uh, be a good girl be faithful on women because they didn't want to take care of children of someone else so it all makes kind of sense and we didn't have birth control back then so women were always um you know when you, when when women had sex with someone there was always a huge chance to be pregnant so therefore like women have the anxiety of of having the men around after they're having sex especially when sex is good and sex is really good and we orgasm multiple times or even once we get attached to to the man through the oxytocin that's that's in our system afterwards which we all know about and you know another one was the culture again like how we grew up like pretty much all over the world women are shamed for sleeping around like it gets from bad to worse like there is not really a culture that's like supporting this still even in the western world we're still pretty you know like we're living in historic time when it comes to this topic and you look at other cultures and other religions it's even much worse so you know i think that we will have a lot of time to pass until we are accepting women for what or are equal with men and it's going to take us a lot of time to actually understand subconsciously that we have birth control we don't have to be worried about pregnancy yeah, I used to be a professional sex educator, and I luckily would go into schools mm-hmm. for teenagers and, and talk nice. to them about both, right? You know, and I think it's important, you know, you can have abstinence, but you have to be realistic and talk about condoms and STDs and pregnancy yeah. and prevention. And, you know, that's where I feel like, you know, we're so backward. You know, I wanted to jump into some of these tips, the 24 tips you need to survive in modern yeah. hookup culture. Yeah. I'm only going to read a few. Uh, I, there's there's so many great ones. This one was interesting. Tip six, sex should be an act of love, even if it's casual. And I remember just when I read it, I was like, wait. And then it's funny because you know women so well because you're immediately like, Leah, why are you, what are you talking about? I think the reason I had that reaction is I remember I was with a guy once. It was just a one-time thing. He was so, he looked in my eyes like he was madly in love, but he couldn't have been because we literally had just like met the day before. Yeah. And I was so taken in. Like he loved me more tenderly like than somebody who was in love with me. I can't even explain it that I thought it meant something. And then I saw him the next day and he's like, hey, how's it going? And there was nothing. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, it's, it's, there are some guys that are really central. And uh, like when I did interviews for the book, I interviewed 50 men for it was like really hour up to two hours of conversations. I actually learned a lot. It was fun. And some of them, almost everyone said, hey, but we also fall in love. We also get attached. We also get dumped and ghosted and all of that. So I agree. Yeah. it's As I said, this book is really for both genders. I wrote it for women because I'm a woman and I talk to I'm talking to women. There is a chapter for men as well. And I think the science and, and psychology behind hookups is really interesting for everyone. But the tips are just something I learned through my life and uh, something that I was trying to use and do when I was hurting myself. You know, and just like communication, me as working, working as a coach for so many years, I've seen so many things, how people get tangled into wrong communication and they have misconceptions, they have wrong expectations, and then it just all gets messy. 
so there are a lot of tips on clear communication and I also believe we have this movement now where women are taking more charge around their sexuality and um, with me too is actually crying for power you know and I think that this book is just changing the concept that we had until now in the past two decades where women are like why men love bitches sure you can be a bitch and wait and let him kiss your ass all the time but that's not what I want in my life like I am pretty initiative and I want to choose and ask like I'm also impatient I'm not gonna wait you know so like I'm teaching women it's totally fine to ask it's totally fine to go like it's totally fine to tell man you like him I'm not saying to be his slave but I'm all about being super honest and direct and I think this this advice is outdated completely or there are many other books they, they are teaching women how to like be waiting and let him please you let I can't do it. And also for me, it takes the fun away from me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a woman, for example, and there are surely many women out there when guys like trying to please me and he's calling me and does all these things for me, it gets really boring. So, <laughs> so I don't know, like I want to be hunting too. We are having, we are living in this time when women are doing what we were doing probably like way before all, all this agriculture stuff came and this brainwash from men and religions and yeah i agree yeah i don't think monogamy is natural i mean it's funny i say that because i'm in a monogamous relationship but i chose to be yeah but i don't think it's natural yeah it's difficult it's difficult i mean it's easy when it comes to the finances it's easy when it comes to having family it's easy when it comes to decisions but this natural instinct is still still there and we all would love to figure it out but we can't. It's really difficult because then you have all this jealousy and fear. Yeah. I just wish I would live in the world where I can like tell my husband or boyfriends, you know, like women can tell their boyfriends and say, you know what, um, let me just have sex with this man. I think he's hot. It will be one or two times and then I come back home and we can share the experience together. I can tell you how it was, you know, but... I think if my, 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 my partner, who I love deeply, would tell me about his sexual experience, I would be really hurting. That's what's complicated. Which, but if you think about it, it's just the sex. But then, you know, like, I think it's not really pain from the sex self. It's more pain from, it's like, oh, my God, what if? What if this? What if that? What if he, what is he going to see? What if he likes it? And then you start, like looking at yourself and the other woman and comparing yourself there's just a noise around sexual sex that shouldn't be there yeah, yeah and i write about this a lot in the book although it's just for for like the hookups but i say the same like oftentimes you you know you are in love you see him hooking up with someone else and then women start comparing themselves taking things personally and i don't think we should take things personally ever that's one of those tips like even if he dumps you it's not because of you. There are so many things that he's going through that he needs. Like sometimes guys just can't find happiness in one woman. And I spoke to so many guy friends of mine. They are super rich, super beautiful or handsome. And they, they, they just cannot find a girlfriend. And they sleep around and they would love to settle down, but they cannot. I think they struggle. You know, and then, yeah, and then the woman is like, oh, you dumped me. I'm so bad. I'm this and that. I'm like, no, maybe this guy has a problem. Right. And, and you know, it's interesting because when you were talking about social media 
And I thought this was so important. You write, quote, social media uh, also creates a false sense of reality about female faces and bodies that are mostly retouched and adjusted with beauty apps, which might set a high bar for the physical beauty of the women that men would like to date. These avatar-looking pictures of half-naked ladies on Instagram create the fantasy that many men then try to fulfill on Tinder and other dating apps. But women like that, like that do not exist. Even the prettiest women I know look different in real life than on their Instagram posts. Well, it's not only the looks, you know, like, first of all, like every single woman I know is using filters on Instagram. Like they look cute, but they don't look like that. You know, and men get fooled. They think, oh my God, you look so sexy. Your skin is so flawless. And then they're constantly staring at Instagram. Like even men, they're married and they're with someone, like everyone is staring at Instagram all the time. And a lot of times it's, um, you know, I want something better than I have. But this just doesn't really exist. Like everyone has their own issues and problems and it's just super fake. I hate that app actually. I hate <laughs> you know? it too. And, then, and it's also about the happiness too. You're like, oh, they always travel. They're always doing this, you know, and I'm, I'm not. My, my relationship is so boring, you know, and then we never get satisfied. It's like this constant FOMO, constant wanting the better. And like even like a lot of girlfriends I have, they're in their early 40s. And they've been looking for a boyfriend for 10 years. I know them. And then like every time they meet someone, they found hundred things why they don't want him. And then like they are like, as I said, 10 years of, of search and they're always looking for the bigger and the better thing. Like someone who is richer or someone who is better. You will never find it because I think the problem is in, in you. Well, you should follow me because I don't, I think, I think sometimes I'll filter my, my dog because the lighting's too dark, but otherwise you pretty much, this is what you get. <laughs> you see nice. me, this is what you get. Let's jump back into some of these, uh, again, 24 tips you need to survive the modern hookup culture. Uh, this is something that I think is so important. Tip number nine, you're falling for him. Let him know. I think that if we are falling in love with someone and we keep going, it's going to get deeper and it's going to get worse. So it's, I think this is the hardest part and hardest tip for everyone, because if you're really enjoying sex with someone, you're in love with him. It's so nice to be around. It's like addiction. And just telling someone, like, I cannot see you anymore because I'm falling in love with you, it's so difficult. But I think it's life-saving because if the other party is completely on different schedule and they're not even close to be with someone, then you're going to get hurt much more. Well, it's funny because I tried to turn a guy that I was friends with benefits. I don't know if they say that anymore, but before I was married, this was in the, in the like, mid-90s. And I tried to turn it into something more, but he's like, no, we don't have enough in common. And he was right. And sometimes, I mean, we know it. Like most of my relationship I was with our guys, I said, I could never be with this guy. But just like this, like this, like weird, like we feel like we are on drugs and we need to be around. And well, it's also good to, to, to determine between, uh, to distinguish between being in love and having a lust, which a lot of people confuse. So if you're last, lasting after someone, it's probably going to be very short-lived. So then I just say enjoy it. But if you really feel you start having feelings for someone and it's deeper and you're struggling, I think it's better to cut it off. Talk to him, you know, to say this is the story. Maybe the guy's going to say, hey, even if you don't think he would ever want to be with you, you never know. It's always good to say, you know, say, hey. I'm falling in love with you. I can't do this anymore. It would be tough for me. So, yeah, I mean, you, he might be falling in love with you and has been nervous to say anything. Yeah, I mean, you, exactly. you never know. Tip number 12, uh, he ghosted. 
So what do you do then? Because I guess that chasing is not the right response. If someone ghosts you, I mean, I wouldn't do anything. I would block them too and never talk to this person again. Okay. Or like, just like, like forget them. Because if someone does it, that's a horrible human being. I would not want to be with this guy in any, like, I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be a lover or a girlfriend. It's like, it's, it's like really poor behavior, actually. Yeah, it's really, like it's super terrible. Red flag. Oh, it's terrible. It's a super red flag. I would not want to see this person again. Done. Check. <laughs> it's like, thank you. You showed me a real character. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us about tip number 18. Gratitude amplifies. I just think that oftentimes we get a beautiful experience in any, any, any aspect of life now. Like I make money in the stock market or I, I, I don't know, whatever it is, I have a great party. And we, instead of saying, wow, this was an amazing experience, I'm very grateful for it. We start being like, uh, it was so nice, but not enough. I want more. And we focus on that, what we don't have and what we are craving and what we w- wish to have more of. And that's a negative feeling. So I think it always is better to say, you know what? I had amazing sex with this guy. I had an amazing experience. I know it sucks because my body is addicted and it's sending me all these signals on hormones to want more, but I'm going to be grateful for it. And that's it. Move on. Everything in life has an end, you know, like everything. And more we get used to being grateful for the experience we had and let go, easier it will be for us for the future. Because at some point we have to let go of our own life, as dark as it sounds. You know, but there is no point to fight things in life. And I think that's why I suggest to be grateful instead of having this, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> needy, needy kind of um, attitude. Yeah, that's great advice. Let's jump into some of the pros and cons of hookups. Pro number seven, try out your secret kinks. Well, yeah, that's a funny one because I feel like people are more scared to try things with their husbands and, and steady partners than with someone they don't even know. So I always say, you know what, if you are having someone you have great sex with, bring the toys, bring anything you want to try out. Because I think at the beginning, people are more willing to try things out. Like, you know how it is. You start dating someone, sex is dirty, kinky, you try this. People are more prone to say yes to things because they're so turned on by you. And then you're with someone for half a year, one year, two years, and then everything is weird. You're not really making the effort to, to try things out or you're ashamed. So I think that. Casual sex with someone you barely know is actually a really great way to to try all your fantasies. Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphous for Menopause. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I love um, also uh, self-esteem boost. Although I think, again, for someone like me, that could be not good because I use that to feel... If you use sex to feel better about yourself, but if you're in a healthy place, then I think Mm -hmm. that's really positive. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I mean, I think... Just having good, great sex is uh, gives you endorphins. You feel good about yourself, and it's nice to know that people still want me. You know, I, I like some girls. I don't understand some of my friends. I have on, oh, these guys are after me. They're sending me pictures. They want to date. And, like they're really annoyed that men are after them. They, they are like sending them messages on Instagram and Facebook and want to date them. I'm like, you know what? Be happy. In 10, 20 years from now, you will not get those messages. Because nobody's going to want to take you out or it's going to be a very little amount of people they want to take you out. Like, appreciate that you're still in the position to have guys after you. Like, it's, it's true. We are all aging. And for women, age is really sad. And 
I mean, we have to find other entertainment later on, but it's true. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. I think what annoys me more is when a guy, like if a guy would just be like, hey, I, I liked your profile or this was interesting. But when they're like, hi, babe, it's like, no, I'm don't. Yeah. Don't, no, you know, no. it's like how it, it's the way they come across. Right. And yeah, don't send a yeah. dick pic, which you talk about oh, no, in the book. Terrible. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Like, I don't know why men think that dick pics are fun. Like dicks are not an aesthetic pieces. I'm sorry. Like it's not breast or vagina. I'm not saying every vagina is aesthetic, but it's definitely like it's just definitely better looking than like this hanging thing there. I know it's fun to use, but guys, come on, really? Like, oh, look at this. And then some of them do like this picture, like from this angle where the dick looks like three times bigger than it really is. You know, like there's like this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, guys, we don't want to see this unless I ask someone. I like I ask them guys in my past to send me a dick pic because I was turned on. I was sleeping with them. I knew them really well. They were my lovers or boyfriends. It's like I miss you. Send me hot picture of you touching your dick. Okay, sure. But if you're not asked, do not send. Yes. Uh, let's jump into some cons. Of course, con number one, which is, is big, is pregnancy and, and sexually transmitted infections. It's, it's really sad that there's no proper education for a man, too, because, like, we have to take all of it as women, you know? Like, we have to make sure if we get pregnant, our fault, like... It's just not fair. And I think there should be super, super important education for men too. Uh, talk to us about uh, con number four, too repetitive. So if you are just sleeping around, you can never really connect that deep as when you have someone. So I know a lot of people, they would just have casual sex and it gets really boring because it's always the same. You know, it's like, yeah, you turned on, you turned on, you meet someone, you have sex and then they go home and then what? And if this repeats, repeats all the time, you're kind of never satisfied because it's always the same. Because I'm talking about people, they really sleep around a lot and they have it as a sport, you know. So I know that. And also, like, it's interesting about the guys I had sex with, they would never be in a long-term relationship or they never have been married. We're the worst lovers. Oh, interesting. Ooh, tell yeah. us more about that. Well, because you don't have time to really learn. Because if you have just one night stand, you're turned on, you, you shovel it in, you come, you know. Many guys don't even do oral sex on the first date, which is terrible. Like only 10% of women get oral sex on the first date, which is honestly horrible number. And, you know, and then when, when they're going to practice, when they're going to learn. Like to learn how to lick pussy is really, it's a, it's a work, you know. You need to communicate with someone and... If you're just having one night stand where you never even do that, or if you don't feel brave enough to ask, because people are shy, shy usually, that these guys are not good in bed. Like, honestly, majority of those. They fuck like a porn. They think like this is the way it should be. And it's so boring. Like, I always ask guys if they had long-term relationships. When they did, I know they will be good lovers. And usually they were. Oh, that is so interesting. You know, if, mm -hmm. in the book, you, you have a whole thing on how to recognize a player. And it sounds yeah. like they're yeah. a bad lay there. That's <laughs> they're a bad lay, yeah. Because they don't want it. And they're usually extremely egoistic and they're all about themselves or misogynist. So why would they please you? You right. know, it's like yeah. it's a waste of time, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's like the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's about their pleasure and it's quick and it's that's it and they're done. 
And you're like, wait, what? You know, in the in the section about men, I love this. You write, I'll give you some tips on how to help women deal with the post-hookup madness that is caused by biology and culture. If you've seen each other a couple of times, it's always nice to reach out, even if just for talking or tea. Well, you know, for me, I, I, I said to every guy I was casual with, I said, I, I don't want to be your girlfriend. You don't need to be calling me. You don't have responsibilities. You don't have to tell me who you sleep with. But I want to be loved as a human being. I don't care if I'm woman or man. If I'm your friend, I want to be treated as a friend and someone you love as a human being. I don't want to be treated like shit. You know, so like for me, even if it's a casual lover, I also enjoy sometimes to just be treated as a human and have a tea or have a drink. I don't drink much, so I always use the word have a tea. So, you know, and just like see that you care about me as human, as you would be a friend of mine, you know. If I can't get at least this basic respect, then I'm not interested, to be honest with you. So like, like this, this just casual, casual, it's great, it's fun, but at least have some conversation with me. If it's if it's ongoing thing, you know, of course, if it happens once and that's it, it's fine. Like I move on, but someone wants to be my casual lover, if I see him once a month, some guys I would date like this casually, I would see them only once, twice a year. But every time I saw them, it was great. And, and they would reach out to me once a month and say, hey, how is life? Are you good? Or we would hop on the call. I know people don't like phone calls these days, but there's a message. Happy birthday, you know. Just keep it, keep it going because otherwise it's just I'm not interested if someone mistreats me. Or if someone doesn't even know I exist and then calls me when they want to get late. I don't like this. That goes to number 10. Keep it respectful no matter yeah. how you choose to let her know. Yeah, exactly. And that's respectful. So yeah, you don't want to hurt people, you know, like be honest, be nice about it. Sure, if you don't like because she has a couple of pounds more, you're not going to tell it to someone, you know, like you're not going to tell her you're too fat for me. I'm not going to, I don't want to sleep with you anymore. I'm like, you slept with her before, so why? She was fine. So, like, I just want people to be honest, but not in the way that they hurt someone. Like, be kind. Let's talk about uh, swiping. <laughs> you talk about contemporary factors swipe right, swipe left. And you write, one study shows that this plethora of choices can lead to a, quote, choice overload phenomenon. Talk to us about that. Well, it's just about, again, like the social media. We have this Twitter app. We are overwhelmed with choices. There are so many people all over. So people like, won't you sleep with this and that and right and left until they get completely confused. And there is a research study that says that actually having too many choices makes us unhappy. And the unhappiness could be that we can't decide. It takes too much of a mental energy to decide. And then we always seeking a new thing, you know. It's like, oh, why don't I try this? Oh, maybe this and that that guy and this girl and this woman and, and blonde and brunette, you know. And then we can never decide. I hate having too many choices. Right. Honestly, like I get frustrated. I'm nervous. I can't decide. I'm like really miserable. So I, for me, it's one or two choices. That's it. I'm not talking now about sexuality or partners. I'm talking about anything like Give me two things and I can choose one. I have no mental space for like deciding between 10. Talk to us about your work as an intimacy and relationship coach. What what are some common things that you see with your clients? So I worked for over a decade. I'm now actually not working as much anymore. I'm more retiring from that. You know, I like maybe would take on like some interesting people or someone who really needs help. But I'm trying to move more towards uh, creating courses and writing books. Um, but the most uh, in the decade, what I saw was usually the mismatch sex drives or people wanting to open their relationships or 
wonderful women they were confused with the dating life like how to communicate with guys and and said they can't find anyone to date and that's that are all the topics i covered in the book why it could be you know because we're never happy with things and um you know we're putting way too much importance to someone we barely know and with the, with as i said with the couples is usually just a mismatch sexual drive and desires too you know like one person wants to explore more the other person is comfortable to not have sex at all oftentimes people never were compatible but they were so blinded and they thought oh i know we don't have sex but she's great for me that's a the recipe for massive disaster i know couples they're in early 20s mid-20s they get married and they already complain to me that they don't have good sex and not enough sex they still get married so then like this guy is gonna cheat and it's gonna be frustrated his whole life he's gonna have this barbie doll at home who he doesn't have sex with you know i i don't know why people do it it's just terrible to me if i'm not attracted to someone right now and i marry someone like that what i'm gonna do in 10 15 20 years it's gonna be much worse you know and sometimes it's just people are growing apart or people like women they're changing hormonally you know so like women in their 40s 50s the change the sex drive is changing so but usually what i learned and also research shows uh, it's a, it's it's coming in waves even they said menopausal women maybe don't want to have sex but after menopause they do and they're actually even hornier than men so you know uh, it's all about phases we need to give each other a little bit of patience and a little bit of respect in the time they're also men they can't have sex for a while because they're stressed with work they have some health issues i'm not going to dump my partner of 15 20 years just because he doesn't want to have sex with me every week or every every other day for some some time just give it the time you know if it would last for longer than two years i would suggest to to then come to me and you know discuss when did you know that you wanted to write this book came up to my mind last year in february i think oh yeah yeah last year in february i started writing i was done in october with this one I've wrote two books before that I will publish later, but they are much more complex, uh, much more philosophical. There's much more uh, deep stuff in. It's like more on the power and how women can achieve power in, in life and life, life, sex and business. And that's like much more complex book to read and to understand. So I, I will take my time with that one. This one was pretty kind of like a fun thing. As I said, like I wrote it, I was I'm writing it while I was trading the stock market. So I was trading the stock market and I was writing the book at the same time. <laughs> that was like my six months of COVID last year. And then uh, it took me another probably year to work on the edits and design and, and the publishing itself. So, yeah, it was a very quick, impulsive writing, actually. Again, the book is Hook Up Without Heartbreak, How to Feel Empowered After Casual Sex. Tell us all the ways we can find you in your wonderful book. Oh, I'm on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, if you don't like Amazon. <laughs> a lot of people don't. Uh, I don't either, but anyways, the book is there. And I'm actually internationally sold now, and most of big countries, yeah. And um, yeah, that's it. I have Instagram, Holmgren, and I have Twitter, Holmgren, And um, I have a website, So oh, Terrific. Well, I'm looking forward to your other books. They sound wonderful. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for a beautiful interview. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.